<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Before we get to the show, a quick but I think compelling pitch. Do you know about our secret menu? It's a subscription tier of a thing or two, and it's where we share our shopping guides, answer reader questions, go deep on the trends we're seeing in food, fashion, and design, and just generally get into topics that excite us. Secret menu subscribers receive an exclusive newsletter every Thursday and also get access to all of our back issues and special resources like our baby registry guide and wedding registry guide. It's four bucks a month and you can cancel anytime. Sign up at a thing or two HQ.com to receive it as well as our endless gratitude for supporting what we do. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. I heard a phrase for the second time this week and alarm bells went off. Tell me everything. It's business hygiene. Nope. Okay, go on. <laughs> go on, go on. I, I will allow you to continue, but that's all I promise. <laughs> I was having, so like a few weeks ago, I was having conversations with a friend who works for an agency was talking about how he has to take on all of these annoying calls with potential clients who they know they're not going to bring on as clients, but they have to do it just sort of like as a favor to be kind, to play ball. To, for like to future perform. contacts and stuff. Yes. They, okay. Well, for business hygiene. And uh, I, okay. And he, my friend didn't come up with this from, he said that this is why the people he was working with said that they needed to take the call, that it was because- it was good business hygiene. And I got, I, I unfortunately, the term worked. I understood uh-huh. it. it was for all those things. It was, you know, to keep the contacts warm, to, to be kind, to play ball, to do, to do all these things to just like, for the sake of it, it, it's also a frustrating waste of time, but it's business hygiene. I put it aside. I put it out of my mind. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. yesterday, the other day, you and I were on a call with someone who was talking about how this project she'd been working on for years got shut down and she understood why it was business hygiene. They needed to shut down this thing that they've been working on for years because it just didn't no longer aligned with the priorities of the business. It was like clogging the up the machinery, exactly. whatever, whatever. Okay. It was hygiene. It's pretty upsetting, but I also much like touching base and, Ugh, you know, all yeah. of that. Yeah. You know, it's hard you to know get what around. It means. Once you've yeah. heard it, it's hard yeah. to not put it in the rotation because it, it gets the job done. 
Well, the thing is, I think for me, the problem is the word hygiene, because I think that I, for 36 years of my life, would say that I had a pretty good sense of what the term hygiene was. (laughs) And then all of a sudden we started using it for sleep. And I was like, "Mm, Mm. wait a minute. Like, I don't, I think I'm confused here. What is hygiene? And it's like, oh, sleep hygiene is like putting your phone away an hour before bed or like- Right. Whatever, you know, like not drinking too much or putting on a meditation or like whatever. And it was like, that to me is different than hygiene as I understand it, as it was defined in my mind. I also feel like I have sort of weird connotations around the word hygiene because I think it started to come into frequent usage in junior high when we were talking and like sex ed and like of puberty and all it's of that. It's basically when you, your armpit starts smelling. Yes. And that, so people, so the adults- the term hygiene is just yes, brought into the mix. So the adults are using the word hygiene around you constantly and you're just like, and so in my head, it's just like kind of an embarrassing word. Yes, because it's basically the way that teachers in unair conditioned classrooms <laughs> express that children need to shower more and possibly use deodorant. Yes, exactly. And exactly. probably brush their teeth because they don't really do that right. that well either as like fifth graders or whatever. And now we're using <laughs> now we're using it to describe sleep. And now we're using it to describe business. I think we might just want to stop and and take stock and decide, is there another word that we could use? Exactly. And I'm afraid that it's going to, we're going to move into like wellness hygiene, which is like going to mm. be like a real mind fuck. I, yeah. You know, that's too many. That's yeah. 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 Well, I'm sorry to say <laughs> I'll probably be using it soon too, because again, it works. I <laughs> no, hate it, but I it know. works. I'm sorry. I'm like this, you know? We're all like this. Yeah. We're all, yeah, we can only, listen, I don't even cringe when people say no worries anymore. It becomes <laughs> such a part of the culture. That was a real sticking point for you for a long time. Because yeah. my response every time in my mind was, I'm not worried. <laughs> I understand. I know. I know. I agree with you. A lot of people use it wrong. It just doesn't, I don't think it is fundamentally a problematic phase, but I agree with you that people use it the wrong way all the time. That's it. That's it. Yes. It's, it's, I'm okay with no problem or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, other things we want to get into on this mm-hmm. episode. Yes. This is a grab bag, a grab bag, slightly nostalgic grab bag. Heavy on the I nostalgia. Or, yeah. yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Vaguely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Loose, a loosely nostalgia themed grab bag episode. And we want to just start with the topic of records mm-hmm. as in LPs as in, you know, it's only very recently that I came to understand the Grammys category record of the year. I was always so confused about that because, you know, it's not about a record and it's somehow different than album of the year. And I never understood the difference. And I finally, I don't know what I bothered looking it up or something like that. So it was like, I don't understand record versus song versus album, but we we are talking about vinyl. Vinyl. We are talking about vinyl. For anyone Which who's I just, that's another word that I'm like, wow, like hygiene vinyl. Like it has connotations <laughs> for me. Yes. Yes. Like fair. it just feels, yeah, it just feels like something that I never thought I would be comfortable with, but here I am. Because I used to just think having a record player and playing records or having a vinyl collection was very goony and affected. Kind of like having a typewriter. Yes. Yes. Sort of like having a typewriter. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, being like, I only write longhand. Yeah. No, like we've advanced past this. Why must you? <laughs> right. But then when Thomas moved to Minneapolis, 
five years ago or whatever, and we were living apart, he really wanted a record player. And I felt like I was not in the position to express any like feelings about this. I just had to be like, okay, yeah, whatever you you want. You weren't living there most of the time. Well, and like whatever, whatever cold comfort you need in your, Mm -hmm. in your Minneapolis apartment, like you should be permitted. <laughs> like if you want a climbing wall in your bedroom, like mm-hmm. you should, you should do I that. I just like framing a record player as a cold comfort. <laughs> it's a huge diss. <laughs> huge diss. But then I realized that it's actually really nice. Turns out. I agree. Out. I, n- I agree with you. I've never had any interest in one, but I, Chris had wanted one for a while and he'd also been refusing for a long time to whittle down his record collection, which is massive and fills like a huge space above our closet. And so I was like, okay, it's his 40th birthday. I want to do something big and nice. And we have these records anyway. And it seemed like a nice way to introduce Cam to, uh, to music. So I got him one. And I have to say, it's been a great family gathering space and activity to just like do the record player together. Totally. Our our friends Lauren and Dan were over for dinner at some point and we got a lot of questions about the record player and it turned into follow-up texts about like, okay, but but like specifically the record mm-hmm. player and what do you do and what ones and like all mm-hmm. of that. And they now have one. And our friend Fritz, who's, you know, nearly one. Who's their now, son. Who's their son mm-hmm. now knows how to turn it on and start playing a record. That's really advanced. Isn't it amazing? Like, I don't know that he's setting the needle on the record, but he can like turn the thing on and get it going. Incredible. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Very impressive. Very charmed by that. It's a really good thing for kids because if not for the record player, Cam's entire experience of music would be me saying Google Play and Kanto or Google this, (laughs) Google that, which is not, it's a little dystopian. And I like that he understands that he can take this record and put it on the record player. And because Chris hasn't actively collected records for a while, there's so much older music that he's getting introduced to that we'd kind of forgotten about or just don't play a lot. Cam really fell in love with Whitney Houston. He gets to look at all of the pictures of her because we have the record sleeves there and he just gets a different experience of it all. I don't think, a lot of people say that one of the great things about records, which I think is true, is that it maintains the concept of an album versus just a song, which I think is true. I don't know that Cam necessarily has grasped that yet because of records, but maybe he will eventually. Well, but he's at least getting that sense of, these songs are all the same person. Yeah, yeah, Like the same person or group of people or whatever that are, and a lot of times their faces are on the front of this container. Yes. And I have to say, I like, this was a big part of my childhood was going through my dad's records and a big part of how I got, oh yeah. Got, that is a big part of how I was introduced to Broadway musicals because my dad had a ton of those at those records and I had listened to a lot of music of shows I'd never seen. And also we had Sesame Street records, which I then bought for Cam on Etsy and he was not as excited about as I was as a youth. But yeah, I loved records as a kid. Thomas had a lot of Sesame Street records as a child also. Specifically, his favorite is Sesame Street Disco, I'm pretty Mm, sure, which would have have been his entree into disco music, which really (laughs) like opened things up for him in a big way. Chris, as a gag favor for friends who used to who throw a derby party every year for every year for a long time would do a stand-up routine about horses specifically and somehow related to that has a record of horse sounds there's like nays there's clomping there's there's a bunch of things there's horses racing yes exactly (laughs) you get it that 
one is in heavy rotation when Cam is a, a, is operating the record player. <laughs> <laughs> we listen to horse sounds a lot. But it's just fun. You just get all these like weird things you wouldn't normally think to tell Google to play for you, you know? Thank you so much to Thinks for sponsoring today's episode. I have historically been a tampon gal, but I have to say I fully have sort of given up on tampons while running. Not because I can't stand tampons while running, but because of the every like so often that the tampons in weird while you're running and Mm, then mm, it is mm, awful. But it's all you think about the entire time. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to tell you that one time I was running, it was in LA and it was really early in my grandma's neighborhood and I could not go on and I ducked behind a dumpster and took it out and threw that thing in the dumpster. <laughs> anyway, oh, I, could, I had so no don't, choice. Don't let that be you. Don't, don't let, let that, that be, you. be you. And it's not me anymore because now when I'm on my period and I have to, and I'm going for a run, I just wear the things under underwear because I'm just like, I just don't want to risk it. You also definitely can't. I have run with pads in before. That's also a disaster because the chafing, ma'am, that happens, you're wounded for weeks. So I... People. So you're either wounded psychologically or physically with <laughs> yes. other approaches. The answer is thanks. <laughs> so. I did. I do. You don't have to wear it just when you're running, but I will say like, if you're just interested in trying this out as a solution to running while bleeding, I endorse it. Thinks are washable, reusable underwear that absorb your period. They look and feel just like normal underwear, but better. You can use Thinks as a total replacement to pads and tampons or as a backup to tampons or a cup to prevent leaks. Thinks period underwear come in a range of absorbencies from lightest to super that hold up to five regular tampons or 2.5 regular pads worth of blood. Every pair of Thinks is made with their signature four-layer gusset technology that works to quickly absorb your period, wick away moisture, neutralize odor, and prevent leaks. Thinks are reusable, machine washable. They are so easy to wash. Just toss them in the washing machine, wash them with your other laundry, and hang them dry. Thinks is size-inclusive, offering all their styles in sizes up to 4X. They have over 14,000 five-star reviews and over 1.2 million people have made the switch to Thinks. And Thinks has a 60-day money-back guarantee so you can try their period underwear risk-free. Thinks is offering our listeners $10 off your first order with the code a thing or two. Visit rethinkyourcycle.com. That's rethinkyourcycle.com to claim your $10 off your first order using the code a thing or two. Make the switch to Thinks today. That's T-H-I-N-X, Thinks. Thinks with an X. Thank you so much to Papaya Reusables for sponsoring today's episode. In thinking about the cute graphics and patterns on the papaya reusable paper towels, mm-hmm. like the lemons and the papayas and, you know, all the, the cute eggs. veggies, the yes. eggs, exactly. Um, I was like, oh, one use for these that I hadn't really considered is washing and drying produce, which, you know, is something you and <gasps> totally. I really suffer with. Oh gosh, um, we really do. We're not, it's not our, it's not our forte, mm-hmm. but I feel like Usually I put down like a dish rag or mm-hmm. whatever, and then it's just like wet and then you have to let it dry in a weird way. I don't know. It just like never is what I want it to be as an experience. It's the perfect size and shape to, to drain berry containers on, Absolute, which we are always great doing. Call. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Call. Look at this. Look, Look at, at this. <laughs> Lots of brainstorming happening over here. We got ideas, papaya reusables, because one papaya reusable towel replaces 17 rolls of disposable paper towels, not 17 sheets, 17 rolls. Papaya reusables are incredibly absorbent, all natural, dishwasher safe, and 100% compostable. Once you get it wet, the material becomes super soft and sort of feels like a paper towel rag and sponge had a baby. They don't get smelly or mildewy, and when they start to get too dirty to use, you can just throw them in the dishwasher. 
Each paper towel has a hole in the top left corner and comes with these cute little hooks. So after you use them to clean, you just rinse them out in the sink and hang them back up to dry. These reusable paper towels are quick drying, so they don't get smelly like dish rags and they're absorbent and reusable. So use the code thinger 220 and get 20% off your first order at papayareusables.com. That's 20% off your first order with code thinger 220 at www.papyreusables.com. What's up, everyone? I'm Sheena Shea. You may know me from nine seasons of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules, but I'm here to tell you about my podcast called Shenanigans. We talk about everything from reality TV, pop culture, relationships, parenting, and invite you to join the conversations with Q&A sessions where nothing is off the table. There's so much more I want to share with you. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to Shenanigans to stay up to date with new episodes every Friday. What record player did you buy Mm. and how did you come to this? Well, I went straight to Sam Valenti, the founder of Ghostly, who is the most knowledgeable music person I know and said, what record player should I buy? And he said, first, I have a number of questions for you and sent me back. (laughs) Survey. Customer survey, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, he said, I think this is the most sort of like exciting, interesting one on the market. It's called Plus Audio. It has a built-in speaker, which was huge. I will say at the time, I didn't fully understand the relationship between record players and speakers and how it could all work. And yeah, 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 maybe yeah. I was sort of interested in the idea of like, maybe we should get a Sonos and maybe we should connect it all. But I also kind of didn't want to deal with that and didn't know where I'd put a separate speaker. So I really yeah. liked the idea of getting one that had the speaker built in. And it also connects to Bluetooth. It's pricey. It was a big 40th birthday, like marquee yeah, gift, yeah, yeah. you know? And it's interesting that it has these three guys behind it who have been in the design world and in the music world forever. And I... I was charmed by that. And it's a great record player. Ours is Technics by Panasonic, direct drive player system. And part of the appeal with this for Thomas was that it plugs directly into your speakers, which is like a whole other, you know, there's that whole audio world of like, but how many external things do you need? And the answer is typically like a lot. Like there, it's not just a speaker you need. You need a receiver and God knows what that is. I don't know what a receiver is and an amp and all that stuff. Well, I just wanted it all in one. And then when you look at the pricing of receivers, you're like, wait, excuse me, I'm going to pay how much money for a thing I like didn't know existed until today? <laughs> That's why I liked this plus audio thing. I just felt that I was not equipped to be purchasing multiple pieces of technology. This had it all in one. I said, great, I'll take that one. It comes with a beautiful wooden panel thing. Great, let's do it. Thomas sourced his on Craigslist. And I feel like this is a really good use of Craigslist in general Mm -hmm, because there are so many people who have had these for years and years and maybe you're moving or offloading or like cleaning a parent's apartment or like whatever it is where you can get a pretty good deal and maybe like get the receiver without it even, you know, the receiver's thrown in. Gift with purchase receiver. Love that. That's right. That's right. What records are you all listening to? What a great question. I got Thomas this Vinyl Me Please subscription for his birthday. And basically they do a lot of reissues of Mm, records. So they're like repressing things. And it's a little complicated because you have to like sign up for a path where it's like classic or hip hop or country or whatever. And, but then you can also in a given month, if you're like, I already have that Willie Nelson record. I don't need that thing. You can swap it or whatever, mm. like within, before they send it to you. It's a little overcomplicated, but besides that, the experience has been really great. We got an Abby Lincoln record through Love that, Abby which I like, what has been really wonderful weekend morning listening. Mm-hmm. We pretty much always put a record on when we are eating dinner, like as we start like prepping dinner and mm-hmm. then that record kind of runs till the end of dinner. So you kind of go through it a couple of times, which yeah. I like as an experience. And then 
Thomas has gotten really into buying records on like when we travel, like at a like random flea market or whatever mm-hmm. in Japan. And when we were in Naples, he bought a couple records and Lord, like sometimes it's stuff that he's like, oh, I've wanted this or like I'm interested. And sometimes it's like, this is like a weird niche Italian, like mm-hmm. whatever, like 70s artist that I've never heard of. And the record's five euro and the cover is like absolutely insane. Let's try yes. it. Which is like sort of part of, I, I think, a more in- like exciting experience for sure. I love that. I I told you in a recent episode that I've been trying to introduce the idea of a, a, a new tradition in our family of vintage shopping every mm-hmm. time we go on vacation. <laughs> mm-hmm. I kind of in New Orleans successfully morphed that into buying a record on vacation because we, it, it, Cam loves the the record player so much and he wasn't with us in New Orleans. So we were like, okay, this will be a fun thing to bring back to him and it'll be like a slice of New Orleans culture that he can appreciate at this age. And we did. He all, Cam also loves Christmas music, so we got him the Kermit Ruffins Christmas music. And Kermit Ruffins is this like famous New Orleans jazz musician. So it felt it did feel like this fun thing where we can be like, you can get this weird thing that feels like it has a slice of of like the local. Place that it's you're visiting. local. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah, those are like the fun ones for me. Mm-hmm. And then they become these songs that you're like. I weirdly know all of the lyrics to this truly random, <laughs> like 50-year-old niche yep. Italian, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Speaking of nostalgic things. Catalogs. I was just thinking the other day that I can't believe how many catalogs I get at this point. It's um, outrageous. It got really intense really quickly. I think it was obviously the pandemic. People didn't know what to how to reach people otherwise, didn't know what to do with their marketing budgets. But my God, if I don't empty my mailbox every other day, there's not enough room in it anymore. I agreed. And I just feel like there was this time where like the catalog stopped, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah. we're not doing this anymore. We're like through, it's online marketing, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then the, when the faucet turned on, it just like turned on. And the thing I think that bums me out is I just don't think that the catalogs have gotten better. Like, I don't think that like there's been an evolution or an improvement or anything. And I just, I feel like there should be. Obviously there should be, if you're going to do it, if you're going to spend the time and the money and it, it takes a lot of both for a brand to produce a catalog. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing. There are a few that I enjoy that they're like are so many. We keep our recycling right side all right outside of my the front door of my apartment. And so most of them just get dropped mm-hmm. there. But there are like Same. three that make it inside of my house. One is the Zingerman's catalog, mm-hmm. which I just find to be like endlessly charming. Yeah. And it's like all illustrated, which like there's something that really works about that. And they use a lot of like sticker graphic treatments to be like new or just mm-hmm. in or like favorite or so-and-so's pick, which you and I both respond yes. so well to. And I there was a there was an instance a couple months ago when um, they started selling Omsom and it was like flagged in the catalog. And I feel like I like had to alert like four people <laughs> to be like, Zickerman's is now selling Omsom. I'm like, wow, this is really working. This yes, <laughs> this yeah, mailer. clearly, clearly. Do you know the brand David Austin? I don't. Well, Claire, it is a British rose purveyor. Um, beautiful co- cover. Beautiful. Yes, there's some gold yeah. foil on it, of course. This is the 2022 English Rose Collection. In their editor's letter, they would call it a handbook, not a catalog. Oh. Um, just to be clear, there's a lot going in it, but I would say that the most enticing part is in the back. There's something called the Index by Color. 
Oh my um, gosh. Which is just- Wow. S- How did you get on this mailing list? This is one catalog I'd actually like. This is beautiful. I know, right? So there's like a spread. There are a couple spreads, like two that basically have like 32 roses on them each. It's really stunning. It's a beautiful grid of roses grouped by color. Can I have that? It's so yes, beautiful. You yes, you may. Yes, you may. The way that we got on this mailing list is we've bought some David Austin roses. I love this catalog. It's fantastic. And you do, do really read it and be like, oh, maybe that's the one for me. You're like, that one is like easy to care for and it's known for its scent. Like it's, it's fragrance. Yes, I'm interested. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I you can it. have it. I'll save Thank it for you. you. Thanks so much. I'll save it for you. I'll trade you back the Vogue that I stole for you when I was getting, checking your mail for you while you were on vacation. Perfect. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. And then the third that I feel like people are obsessed with are the Tracksmith mm-hmm. catalog. And I feel like the thing about Tracksmith that really speaks to a certain audience is that it's just like very sweaty. There's just like, it's mm-hmm. very sweaty. And yes. it's very like, not people standing around in exercise clothes, people like being active in exercise clothes for sure. And they profile other runners. And I feel like runners are kind of like beauty enthusiasts where you really want to know the nitty gritty of other people's routines and practices. And it's like never not interesting to you to hear these highly specific details. And they do that well. There's something about some segment of the Tracksmith audience that is a little bit like if you liked the Abercrombie and Fitch quarterly in the 90s, you will like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a special thing. For agreed, sure. agreed, agreed completely. Were there catalogs that you liked in the heyday of the catalogs? Oh my God. I was obsessed with any catalog that felt like a little bit magazine adjacent. Yes. Like obviously the Delius catalog, mm-hmm. obviously Alloy, but the, the one that was my favorite, the one that felt like most like content and commerce in mm-hmm. the 90s catalog way was Moxie Girl. Did you oh, get yeah, that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah. really good. I forgot about that. Yes. I loved that one. Loved that one. The two things related to Delia's that I feel like we have to share are that one, there's this Tumblr called deliascatalogs.tumblr.com where you can go look at old spreads and it is just I, like also the fact that it's a Tumblr feels exactly right. And that who we've got, the models just look so young. And back then they were looked so much older and cooler than me. And now they're, I mean, obviously they're younger than me, but I can't <laughs> believe how young they look. It's um, wild. The other, the other note is that my favorite model, and I feel like a lot of people, everybody's favorite, everybody's favorite Delia's favorite model, model yeah. Janelle Fishman. She's the one you're picturing when you're uh-huh. picturing the Delia's model. Yeah, is a great Instagram follow. I mean, and yeah, she knows it. She knows she was everybody's favorite Delia's model for sure. It's great. I'm trying to think if I had other favorites that you haven't listed. I don't think I did. I mean, I really loved catalogs because. I was only allowed to subscribe to 17. I got a subscription to Sassy Girl finally right before it shut down. And then that, and then so they started sending me YM instead and my mom was furious. furious. So I was really limited on my actual magazine consumption. So catalogs were my only sort of access to this type of thing. And for whatever reason, it brings to mind for me, free stuff for kids. Do you remember that? Obsessed. Obsessed. So I used to go to the library and check out free stuff for kids, which was basically just a list of ways to get free stuff, which was- A list, Claire, it was a tome. It was like a phone book size book (laughs) of dumb shit that small children could send away for. But most of it, if I recall- was stuff that was like a catalog offering. Like you could get the Orvis catalog and if you sent 
a self-addressed stamped envelope to Orvis, they would send you something in exchange and like a bookmark. Yes. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It was like, or like if you redeemed a UPC from a tricks box and you sent it to this particular address, they would send you back like off-brand GAC. (laughs) (laughs) Always with a self-addressed stamped envelope. S-A-S-E. Always with a self-addressed stamped envelope, (laughs) which was also part of the joy, honestly, because I enjoyed sending mail and I loved (laughs) receiving mail. Of course. Do you know I hadn't had to do a a SACE, an (laughs) S-A-S-E, in decades until... I had to, you know, I don't even know if this Im- involved a SACE, but there was something SACE adjacent. I like saying SACE. <laughs> Keep saying SACE, whatever you do. Never stop that. The last, when I renewed my passport and I wanted it back really quickly, there was something sort of SACE-esque about it, how I had to make it easy for them to send it back to me. And I can't remember <laughs> if it was a self-addressed stamped envelope or something similar. But yeah, that that has really gone the way of the carrier pigeon, the, the SACE. When I was about that age, the other catalog that I really loved was the Hearth song catalog. Do you know that? It sounds familiar, but it also sounds vaguely Christian. Doesn't it? It's it was like a kid's toy catalog, but it had a lot of crafty things like, you know, remember that brand Klutz? Mm-hmm. Yeah, K-L-U-T-Z. Yeah, exactly. It had a lot of that kind of stuff in it. And you know, those paper balls that you'd blow up that looked like beach balls. They were made of like Japanese paper and they didn't have like a plug in the end of them. Kind just, of. Like, yeah. Well, it had a lot of like vaguely crafty things like make your own soap kits, you know, okay. string yeah, your yeah, own yeah. beads, like okay. this kind of things that were like somewhere between Toys R Us and the craft store. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I'm looking at the website now. The I recognize the logo, but I don't think I got this catalog. I loved it. I really loved it. Thanks so much to Murad for sponsoring today's episode. So Murad sent us a couple of products to try, one of which is the Correct and Protect Serum Broad Spectrum SPF 45. It's an SPF, but it's also a moisturizer. And I cannot believe how good the moisturizing aspect of it is. Like it doesn't feel like an afterthought to the SPF aspect. It's so absorbent and soft and very silky smooth feeling. And I have to say, it feels like the perfect sort of primer coat for makeup. Like it just is a really nice, smooth finish. And I'm so into it. So into it. Murad is dermatologist-founded skincare with highly effective products backed by clinical testing and validated by proof and science. They don't make empty claims. They just make science-backed, clinically proven total skin health. If you're relying on a separate serum and sunscreen to correct and protect against dark spots, then try Murad's two-in-one innovation, Correct and Protect Serum Broad Spectrum SPF 45. It combines the proven results of a treatment serum with a satiny smooth, 100% mineral SPF that helps future-proof your skin and it brightens your skin the more you use it. Clinically proven to correct discoloration while preventing hyperpigmentation like dark spots and uneven skin tone, this SPF protects without leaving behind a white cast. It's time-saving, zero-stress, invisible mineral sunscreen for all skin types and tones. And it's available at Ulta and Sephora. Shop Murad.com to save 20% and get free shipping on your $60 purchase when you use the code a thing or two. Again, that's Murad.com, M-U-R-A-D.com when you use the code a thing or two. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Erica, I took a nap today at 10.15 for like 12 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> did you set an alarm? Oh yeah, I said, well, okay. And I where pop- did you nap? On the on couch, couch, right behind okay. me. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, Cam woke up at 
four because an evil fairy had hurt him in his dream. And then he woke up again at 4.30 because whatever the evil fairy, whatever the evil fairy had hurt him with had broken and he wanted it back. And so that is, this is why a lot of plot, <laughs> honestly, for a dream, <laughs> for a real dream. like, and like it, it sort of holds up. <laughs> yeah, no, I felt the same way. And he was still talking about it this morning. And that is why I took a 10, 15 nap before this podcast ad recording. That is also why sometimes I'm just feeling a little burnt out these days. And I feel like burnout is something that I just need to sort of like contend with a little bit more Uh and just uh sort of acknowledge, acknowledge. And I have to say, I do feel like therapy is something that just helps with this. Somebody I can just sort of dump on and be like, I'm done. Like I love all of my roles in life. And sometimes I am just so done with them. We associate burnout with work, but that's not the only cause. Any of our roles in life can lead us to feel burnt out and BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and a thing or two listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash a thing or two. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash a thing or two. Then, of course, the other iconic catalog of that time was J. Crew. I mean, of course. And I feel like, you know, we both grew up, you didn't have a J. Crew in Delaware, did you? No, I don't think we did. If we, we did, it was at the Christiana Mall. I can't remember. We did not have a J. Crew. Mm-hmm. And so our only real interaction with it was through the catalog. Oh, there was at one point in time a sample sale that came through town. Oh wow! Um, next, I know Claire. It was I, memorable, as you can as you can tell, extremely wow. memorable. It was like next to the like DSW store or whatever for like two days. I don't and think I even knew what a sample sale was until a I, certain d- I don't even think they maybe necessarily called it. That. Okay, they probably used language that we were. You know, right. it was like a warehouse thing or okay. like something. Yeah. But that was huge. But prior to that, I remember someone bringing a J. Crew catalog to school in like eighth grade and people sitting around in health class, like proclaiming which swimsuit they were going to get, which like tankini. And you remember it was like the color blocked tankini. Yes. Yes. Like the the dark turquoise and the light turquoise Mm -hmm, or whatever. mm -hmm. What a thing. What a thing. I think we were also in that it was seventh or eighth grade when they put pace. Did they put, it was like during Dawson's Creek when they put the Dawson's Creek actors in the J Crew catalog. Is that right? Yes. Am yes. I, remembering I think correctly? we, you might've been in eighth grade yeah. and I was a freshman in high school. Okay. Yeah. God. Yeah. Major yeah. moment. They knew what they were doing. They truly knew what they were doing. Um, I, yeah. I cannot remember if we had a J Crew or not. Cause I'm getting, I'm definitely getting it confused with Abercrombie, which we did have. We did eventually, not at that point, but eventually. But yeah, I can't remember. I don't, I get, I don't know if J. Crew was had as many stores back then. No, Probably definitely not. not. Yeah. No, definitely not. No, it was like a city thing for sure. Yeah. We did have Urban Outfitters at Christiana Mall. Yeah, at Christiana Mall. Maybe God. that's not true. Now I'm now I'm wondering. I'm I like, don't know. I so- can picture where exactly where all of these stores were because we've really just had nothing. Maybe. All right, I'm getting it confused because the stratification of our mall situation was Concord Mall was like the sort of like super basic mall. It was the closest one. You'd go hang out there on Friday nights. Christiana Mall was bigger. It's where people who were coming to Delaware just for tax-free shopping would come to like 
do their tax-free shopping. Right. And it had slightly better, more interesting stuff. And I think there might've been an Urban Outfitters there. I could be wrong. But then there was King of Prussia, which is in a town called King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. And it is the second biggest mall in America. The biggest, of course, being Mall of America. And that had everything. How far away was that? 45 minutes. Okay. But wow, we went you kind had of a lot. more access. You had a yeah. lot more access. I mean, <laughs> I had, you know, I had Chicago and St. Louis, basically. Mm-hmm. I had Oak Brook Mall, which was two and a half hours away mm-hmm. in in the Chicago suburbs or Woodfield Mall. And I had the Galleria in St. Louis. Oh my Louis. gosh. You had a Galleria. Um, I love it. And it was the gallery. as chic as that sounds. It I'll sounds really chic. It, it was. It that was. was how I felt about King of Prussia Mall. Just so chic. I recently learned that Charles Barkley named his daughter after Christiana Mall in Wilmington, Delaware. And I was really disappointed. Yeah. Charles Barkley named his daughter Christiana after Christiana Mall because he just loves it so much. It's not a really lovable mall at all. He loves the mall so much that he named his daughter Mm -hmm. after it. And yeah, I'm sure he also was just like, hmm, Christiana, that's kind of a nice, unique name. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, I mean- Charles Barkley, I've never understood. This isn't helping. It's, <laughs> nope. not do, it's not helping. God. But now I'm questioning though whether or not we actually had Urban Outfitters because I also remember Urban Outfitters being a thing that whenever we went on field trips to places that had Urban Outfitters, it was a big moment. Like you would go to the Urban Outfitters with your big girl group and everybody would be there. So maybe we didn't actually have one because it, it wouldn't have been such a same, thing. Same, It was such a thing. It was such a thing. And I feel like weirdly, it has somehow remained still like pretty much a thing for people I think for you're right. people that age, which is yeah. remarkable. I it's, mean, that's, they have, we're talking like 25 years. Remarkable. They have held on. It's so interesting because they somehow still feel in my mind distinct from fast fashion, even though they are fast yeah. fashion. Like for whatever reason, they're not grouped in with H&M and Zara. And I mean, there's a reason it's like the the diversity of the product they carry and they're really focused in on a certain youth culture in a way that Zara and H&M are not, but it's all the same crap product and like kind of crap business practices. For sure. But they also, they're a multi-brand retailer, which I think has helped with some of that perception. But how much multi-brand do they still have? Because so well, much of it I've is only really lines, visited. Right? I've only visited their site recently, okay. and their site has a lot of. Does brands. it? I mean, but I don't know what I mean. But I don't which, know what the like ones have. that I would know? Well, like Levi's and stuff yes, like that. Yes, that was the first like, one that came yeah, to mind. Yeah, Levi's. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Vans and like or Vans, something. Yes. And, yeah, and then a ton of beauty stuff Kinda and like trendy, cool, like startupy brands that okay, you maybe yeah, yeah, be, yeah. That that you, yeah, you would otherwise be ordering online. Yeah, and I just think the fact that it's a multi-brand retailer has has like done a lot for its longevity That's in the way that they've been able to buy in other brands to, you know, move them forward rather than relying on their own production to be right. the leader. There. No, and I'm sure for a lot of brands, it's a, it's a really important distribution point and what way of introduction to a certain segment of the audience. Because like you said, it's this thing where you're like, Ooh, I get to go to Urban Outfitters. It's an experience. Totally, 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 totally. I was thinking recently about the brands that felt like when we went to like the city, mm-hmm. what felt like these like touchstones or like these like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I like cannot believe that I get to go to this store. And Urban Outfitters was one of them. The first one was definitely FAO Schwartz. There was like a small one in, I think it was in the water tower in Chicago. God, it just felt like 
such a thing. Oh my gosh, that was such a thing for me. I mean, my grandparents lived here in New York and so I would come and my grandpa would take me and he would not all the time, but let me pick out a Madame Alexander doll. So I have, I mean, the heartstrings that it pulls at to think about FAO Schwartz. I just, that place was so incredible. So incredible. So incredible. And then the one when we were in grade school was Nike Town. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Was that huge? On the, I, I had a question about whether that was huge on the East Coast too, because I, mine was in Chicago and it was like during Bulls era, mm. Jordan, Chicago. Like, was that a contributing factor to its cool? So I don't know, because I don't think there was one in Philly, which was the closest to us. Yeah. And there was one in New York, which I thought was really major, but it, New York was far away, far enough away that I my friends weren't going there as frequently yeah, yeah, as yeah, I yeah, was because yeah, yeah. I had family there. So yeah. I don't know. I remember thinking it was really major. I remember there being lines outside of it all of the time. Like it was a big deal when it opened in New York. It was super cool. It was super cool. The thing I cannot get out of my head is the, is the like, you know, the, I, what are those machines called that transport? Like when the old school oh, the ATM machines, yeah, the vacuums yeah, that would transport yeah. boxes of shoes between levels. Yeah. Like it just felt like the fucking height of innovation. I was there not that long before they shut them down for some Nike event. And I remember thinking this feels really cool and immersive and experiential. Like I was running yes. on a treadmill in the store and it was cool and it all felt really on brand. Yes. I I get why they shut it down. It just like, you know, (laughs) brick and mortar retail is hard these days, but they were very cool. Thomas recalls having a Nike Town, not just Nike t-shirt, but like a Nike Town t-shirt. And that being like a very prized possession that he took like specifically good care of. I love that. And then the other one in high school was the Mac store. God, I spent so much money at the Mac store, mm-hmm. but you would also like go and they would do full makeovers. They do your even makeup though, for you. Yeah, even though you were like 16 and it was obvious you were never gonna spend more than $35. Well, and it felt like such a, it it felt illicit to me because one of what you just said, that they were willing to give you a whole face of makeup, even though you knew you were not gonna spend a lot of money. And they knew. <laughs> and two, <laughs> they knew. your mom was definitely not okay with you wearing that much makeup. No, so you were sure. really getting away with a lot, so much, and those those little clear bag, the little clear plastic bags, yes. and yeah, just God, it. Just, I feel like that's how I actually learned to put on makeup mm-hmm. from Interesting. that experience. Yeah, Funny. and I'm sure they were like, "This is you know," because we'd go on like school trips or whatever, and I'm sure they were like, "This is a Thursday afternoon at three. It's not like I'm busy. <laughs> like it's right. not the only people who want a full makeover at three p.m. on Thursday are teenagers." Well, also if you're them, you're kind of like, "This is great. I'm gonna make this girl's day. This is it's fun. educational. Yeah, yeah, yeah and you're yeah. a fun, sweet customer. You're excited about it. It's that's it's it. cute. Yeah, God, I, what a joy. I, love it. I agree. What an absolute joy. This has been a fun trip down memory lane. Absolutely. Are there, hey, are there any, I want to come back to records for a second. Yeah. Are there any records that you're itching for that you don't have? Great question. I don't, th- I think there's like Sesame Street records that I miss from my youth that I would like that my parents probably still have. Um, but I don't really have any record desires. I think part of the fun, like you said, of for me of having acquired the records that we've acquired recently has been the sort of randomness or the specificity of it that I'm like, this is fun and it's weird. It's like not stuff you're normally listening to exactly. on your Spotify or whatever. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. No, that's What about fun. you? When you were saying Christmas albums, I do that. Like, I like having Christmas albums and I'm always like, ooh, someday when I'm allowed to have a holiday party because, you know, mm-hmm. COVID, there won't be a COVID wave, then yeah. I, I 
I'm hypothesizing that at some point in the future, I want to be able to like turn on four Christmas albums. That That's feels fun. fun. That's yeah. very fun. I'll be eggnog. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Great. Okay. <laughs> Great. Okay. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. 